that start? Yes, it did. Good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 158 of Tech of a Tea. Today, we have a new guest. You probably know him. Probably all of you know him much more than I do. Welcome to the show, Chris Titus Tech. How's it going? Ah, it's going good, Brody. Thanks for having me on, man. Look forward to chatting with you. I got a lot of stuff to actually feed you this mm. time, too. So, ah, so much to talk about. It's been a while since I actually talked to another fellow creator on YouTube. When was... I, I, I did scroll back through your channel, because I like to do that whenever I have a YouTuber on. I know you had Lunduke on ages ago. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, yeah, he just stopped in, and that was, like, in the, like, a year after, like, the COVID debacle. Yeah. And... Oh my gosh, yeah, that was that was cool though. It was mm. good having him on, and that was you know I've only done a couple interviews. Lunduke was the only one I've ever done in person, mm. and that's been it. And used to have actually guessed a lot of places. Like I've gone to a lot of other channels and had me on, but after I guess 100, 200k subs, I haven't really done this. That's because in... you're scary. You have too many subs. Yes. I, I mean, I don't know. It's been like a year or two. And then I saw I was re I was watching one of your channels and someone that watches your channel commented and was like, hey, you guys should get I was like, well, let's do it. Yeah, I've been <laughs> so like many people in, you know, tech in really any field where there's like people who are much better than them for a very long time. I had this thing called imposter syndrome. Uh, that's always <laughs> fun. Now I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Just send the message. I, I Everybody runs into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, we've been following each other on Twitter since, I don't know, a very long time. Probably I had like yeah. a couple of K subs. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think I got you and followed you back when you had like five or six K subs is when I mm. first started following you. And then since then, I, you know, I still keep you in my feed. So anytime I got like my RSS feed up, you're in there for my Linux folks. Yeah, I think I'm like, I found, All right, sweet. what's Brody doing? <laughs> I think I found your channel because you're one of the first, like, I think I was watching your stuff probably when I first started using Linux. Um, there's like a couple of channels where I was watching back then. There was you, I think Lunduke's um, Linux Sucks video might have been one of the first videos. I don't remember what year it was. Um, that yeah. was one of the first Linux videos I ever saw. Uh, I saw too. some stuff from DT and uh, Luke Smith back when he actually made Linux videos. <laughs> <laughs> What's Luke doing now? I mean, I remember he, he popped up in my feed like years ago, but I haven't seen anything from uh, Luke lately. Now he's shilling Monero. Hmm. He's Worst going to crypto conferences shill, and ship, uh, shilling Monero. So, okay. you know, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries i stay the hell away from crypto these days i'm like oh geez yeah i i i made i made my money uh when the covid crash happened and i'm like you know what <laughs> we are not touching this right now i don't know where, where things are going Let's yeah 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 i mean i i made a bunch of i think i made like three or four crypto videos on my channel mm -hmm. back in 2020 probably around like, when how you do it all would have been and, like around when like library was getting a lot of attention. Yeah. 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 And, and all of that. And I, I was like one of the initial founders of library and they sent me like, I, they were supposed to send, they actually sent me a thumb drive yeah, they, with keys on it. Yeah, I got one as well. With, yeah. Like a hundred K LBR. I never was able to redeem it though. Like, <laughs> like it was such a scam. Like I was like, what the hell? It's it, it the, the time lock happened. Build, and like... I was like, okay, let me, <clears throat> let me redeem this. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, 
oh, the chain isn't public. It is just totally locked out. So they gave fake coins to everybody. They were <laughs> like, supposed to build like a GUI tool or something to handle it. I, I don't know what mm-hmm. ever happened to it because they were selling those as well. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I'd... I think the SEC will get them because I think they were selling to Bitrix on the back end, mm-hmm. and then that that was they were funding basically all of Bitrix, and that's where you cashed out to, to USD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that whole thing, man. Oh, goodness, yeah. But I'm pretty sure they're 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 done. So <laughs> we'll I know see what happens. I do follow um, some of the people from Library, like some of the people who work there. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there's they're coming to a ruling now or something. Uh, where I think yeah. they've now accepted that they actually are a security. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm not 100% sure on the details. I'm not going to get into that, but I'm pretty sure that's where we're at now. I know they were talking yeah, it, about, like, how other projects are now probably going to be marked as securities as well. So, like, you know, crabs in a bucket drag everyone down. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that's what's happened in this space. And I get it. I mean, if you're a central entity that hands out digital coins and redeem that for cash well Mm-mm. yeah you're a security at that point for the most part so i mean we'll see what happens with them but yeah oh what a mess <laughs> yeah my my only interest in the crypto space at this point is uh like watching uh coffeezilla videos just finding out oh, what scams yeah. are happening it seems like every time something crazy happens in that space it's all re- it's something that happened in like banking or gold like 200 years ago and we already outlawed it years ago yeah it's like a different scam just with a new face yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. it it's just like oh man yeah oh anyway before but, we get uh, uh, too deep into that um for anyone who may not know who you are possibly uh give yourself a brief introduction yeah, I'm Chris Titus Tech. Uh, I was an IT professional for 20 years before coming to YouTube, and I just started making YouTube videos because I was like, hey, there's not a lot of good tutorial content for the stuff I wanted to make, which was Windows Server Utilities back then. <laughs> and uh, there's a reason why nobody wanted to watch those videos. So I made a couple of those videos, and then I ended up uh, switching to Linux on a YouTube comment. And then I just I was like, oh, hey, Linux, this is this is cool, actually. And I'm it reignited my passion for computing. So ever since I've been on Linux as a full-blown desktop, mm-hmm. I've just loved just tinkering around, installing, reinstalling, just doing anything in it because there's just so many rabbit holes to go down that I just I fell in love with it. And I, that's why I made so much uh, as far as Linux videos mm-hmm. go, especially back when I first started my channel. And then, uh, man, since then, I've just kind of, taken that and uh i still do a lot of windows stuff mm. as far as like windows toolbox and some other things that have been covered by some of the major outlets out there now and that's gotten a lot of traction i've been trying to put in more development time to to build that out uh because there's a huge amount of people now using it i'm like okay right, let me let me let me fix that up but at the same time trying to keep up with youtube i've mm. been taking a little bit of a break i just never i should have made the youtube video like i'm quitting and then like yep, a serious yep. face uh, but I was just like, ah, kind of done with it. So I just stopped <laughs> uploading. And then I was like, oh, okay. So the last couple of weeks, I've kind of just gone dark. Mm-hmm. And that's <clears throat> that's like the first I've ever really said anything of it. I'd never really cashed in mm. <laughs> on, on the views, on the exit. You're, <laughs> it, it wouldn't even be like out of the ordinary for like the character of your channel to do a, a, like a thumbnail like that. The uh, thumbnail that comes to mind is um, my... 
does Jitsi have a chat? I think it does. Um, does it? Uh, where? Where is it? I'm going to send you a link to one of your own videos. How do I send it? Private message? Either way. Email, yeah, here we go. Chat. <clears throat> here we go. This, this video. Nice. Okay, let's see. Oh, Red Hat is the devil. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the original one was Ubuntu was the devil. And that yep. was my second video to go well, viral. Red. And that video I've actually privated since because mm -hmm. it was a 16 minute rant of how Ubuntu's Satan incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it was kind of like tug in cheek. Some people took it pretty yep, literal. Yep. But there was, a, you know, probably, you know, four or five good points of bad mm -hmm. things ubuntu's done in the past yeah and uh i i privated the video because one it was it took me a long time to get to the point and i watched rewatched it back when it like started the algorithm took it again like mm -hmm. last year i think it was and started putting it out there i was like oh my god this is so cringe <laughs> I, i'm just gonna private it it had i think 80 800 or 900 thousand views when i privated the video and i was like oh geez all right we're going to take that down. And I had like relationships with some, some other folks like I uh, on the Kubuntu team mm -hmm. and some other folks. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just take that down because <laughs> it's just a little bit too cringe. Not that I have softened my stance too much on Ubuntu and canonical mm -hmm. um, because I, I actually just got flack and I actually wanted to ask you a question on this, Brody Yes, was it clickbait, uh -huh. right? It's like you get you have to do clickbait, but you have to do good clickbait. I, I think it's the the gist of it yeah. in the YouTuber land. Yeah, I do have my thoughts on this, but I want to see where you're going with this. So, uh, I made a video today because I've been live streaming mm -hmm. and I've just been doing <clears throat> clips on like my secondary channel, Titus Tech Talk, and I made a video today called uh, Ubuntu Bands Flat Pack. Uh huh. And you, you have you heard of this? Yeah, uh, yeah. The I, news I, I of this. I think my video on this just went out today, actually. Oh, you just did a video. Yeah, on it. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember when I upload stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I upload my video today. Okay, sweet. Well, I have a video out that came out today as well, and that was the title. Mm -hmm. And the gist of it was Ubuntu went and removed it from any pre-installed distro and said yep. hey lubuntu kubuntu uh xbuntu all of them can't bundle flat pack with it mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they effectively banned it from the install but they also going forward on the software store aren't allowing flat pack on it mm -hmm. so i said well that sounds like a ban to me mm -hmm. so that's the title of the video mm -hmm. given the context your thoughts i <laughs> Not even intentionally talking shit about your video. I actually did talk shit about it because Joey Snedden in OMG Ubuntu's uh, in the OMG Ubuntu article used exactly that line. Um, uh huh. So, so also apparently throw shit at you. Let's as well. hear it. Come um, on, give it to me, man. I. It's okay. You're not gonna piss me off. Trust me. I, I got thick no, skin. I, I, I've been on YouTube for four and a half years. I've heard all kinds of shit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure your comments are a fun place, especially doing a mix of Windows and Linux stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a blast. Um, I, I tend to save the like hyper clickbait for my thumbnails, which annoys people enough. Like my thumbnail mm -hmm. for that one is embrace snaps or face my wrath. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like that better. That's nice. Uh, it's more tasteful than me, that's for sure. 
<laughs> I I tend to I don't know. I when it when it's clickbait, I think a lot of people sort of misunderstand clickbait. There is being straight up lied to and there's mm-hmm. encouraging you to click. Um like there is a Yeah, if you put like a a very attractive female on the cover, yeah, yeah, when you have a ninety-eight percent male audience, you know your click rate, your your CTR is going to be going through the roof, and you're like, all right, sweet. But then if you don't deliver on Mm. that image, that is clickbait because it's complete lie. Yeah. Uh, Another good example is there was a ZDNet article that got attention from the Asahi Linux devs. Um, Yeah. Have you heard of the project? Oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Okay, cool, yeah, cool. M- M2, basically, or yeah, M1, yeah, okay, M2, awesome. uh, um, Linux. Yeah. They have a, an article titled, Linux 6.2, the first mainstream Linux kernel for Apple M1 chips arrives. Now, the important part of that is the mainstream Linux kernel. The 6.2 mm-hmm. kernel does not have the keyboard or the trackpad drivers upstreamed. This is yeah. not even remotely close to a mainstream kernel. I think when it's like that, it's a flat-out lie. When uh-huh. it's... And I'm not a, a big fan of doing that. When it's like, you know, sort of... When it's a ban, like, it's subtle, kind of like bending what's happening. It's not... Right. It's not like... <sighs> An experienced user can go and install yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's not necessarily banned. Because it's banned from But in the... that respect, an experienced user is not going to be installing Ubuntu. It's fair to say that it's banned from the defaults of the flavors. That is a... I think because of that it's kind of like a it's a it's still clickbaity in a way but it's mm-hmm. not so far that i would personally have an issue with it um okay yeah i, I mean i was going back and forth with uh somebody in the comments mm-hmm. uh which uh, i think it was don mckinnis I, I, you probably know don he's How probably been around your form <laughs> i bet he's a patreon he's he, i remember don and i can't hide his comments or anything i'm mm-hmm. never gonna if he watches this video, Don, I get it, man. And he he went on like this huge rant. I read all of it, mm-hmm. by the way, in the comment section. And I didn't hide the comment. I was like, let's I'll just leave it there. Sure. And I responded to him and I was like, I agree with my title. I stand on it. <laughs> because at the end of the day, if nobody clicks on your videos, what the hell are you doing making videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you do, hey, uh, Ubuntu now is forcing I'm already over like five yeah, yeah, words yeah. and I've lost 50% of the population. And that's just the, the stark reality of YouTube, in my opinion. Now, these long podcasts, you could do pretty much any title mm-hmm. and you can have long in-depth conversations because your attention span of your your viewers are much longer. I just put Chris than... Titus Tech in the title and then people click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just put Chris Titus Tech exposed. <laughs> there you go. I hope write the title for you, man. Get you toss it. Tons oh, of sure. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, I, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, mm-hmm. and it, it's 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 always this line I straddle, and it's always a gray area for me. There obviously has to be some truth to it, and mm-hmm. I always refer back to a Veritasium video mm. of good clickbait and. That's usually my guiding like North Star when doing a title and a thumbnail. It has to be clickable. And sometimes um, it, it's difficult yeah, to yeah. establish those realms where it's like, uh, I, I get that's going to piss people off. But at the same time, that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you the worst video you can make, 
I always tell people this. The worst video you can make is one where nobody feels anything. Mm. That video will do horrible because no one likes the video. Nobody dislikes the video. Mm -hmm. Typically, the videos people like the most are also the videos people dislike the most. And that's like that that line yeah no i i I put out a video recently called uh linux's most degenerate terminal application um that's a video that recently did pretty well it's uh, (laughs) a what was it i gotta know now (laughs) called uh shell mummy every time you run a command it'll be like you're a you're a good you're a good boy (laughs) like if a command (laughs) fails you're like oh it's okay next time we will be better and I started the video. Install that tonight. I, I, I changed it um, before the video started to Discord Kitten just to annoy as many people as possible. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's that's great. That was very intriguing. So I get it. But I like throwing out random apps, uh, own videos like that just from time to time because you know it's it's one thing to be like I'm just gonna do serious videos, but I like to just throw in some fun ones there. Even if it might just... <laughs> if there was a dog barking, now the alarm next door is going off. Whatever. Uh, I like to throw out videos that are just fun, that might be kind of experimental. Because those are the ones where it's like, this is either going to do really well, or no one's going to care. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I usually if I feel a little bit uneasy about the video mm. and I have to watch it a couple times, those are the videos that I always try and put out. Yeah. Where yeah. ones where I'm kind of on the line. If I, if I make a video and I'm like, yeah, that's good. Mm. And people are going to get value out of that. Sure. Sure. I know those videos aren't going to do very well. And, and usually that's just because of nature of it. It was a very safe video, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I'm just, usually doing a tutorial in those videos yeah, yeah, and that's it. But the problem with just doing those videos is you don't, you're not able to instill much of your personality, mm. have a little bit more fun with it and kind of explore some of these other things. Uh, and that's, that's always kind of difficult for me. I, I kind of waffled a lot in, especially in my early days because I struggled. Hell, even, even today, I still struggle with mm-hmm. that where I'm like, okay, I want to make a good video and for a while there, I was just churning out tutorial videos with me smiling on <laughs> in almost every thumbnail. And then finally, I read a comment and someone was like, dude, you got to do something different with your thumbnails. You just smile into the thumbnail. Yeah, just, I, I saw bad. your thumbnails for a, lo- a while. I was like, wow, it's the same face, but it's not the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was just I was like a robot for a little bit there, man. Just like churning it out for the mm-hmm. thing because I, I've... Uh, this this past week is the first week I've never made a video mm-hmm. on YouTube in four and a half years since I started. Oh wow! And uh, that that is one of the things where I'm like, okay, I've got to take a little bit of a break and just see what happens in the YouTube realm. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube throws you a curveball. Like I'm eleven days ago is when my last publish. I, my views have never been higher. I don't get it. I'm like, what the hell? Why why did I wait four and a half years to just like not upload? Yeah, yeah. And then it just the last several videos I made just did really well. And I was like, okay. And they've carried through and even improved the channel. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I just don't need to make three videos every single week. Mm-hmm. And I can just take some breaks. And um 
what are your thoughts on streaming? Because I know you stream a little bit on Twitch. Yeah, I and I don't know about YouTube. Uh, I what used do do to do there? streams on the main channel. Um, the last thing I did was an LFS series, uh, which drove me insane. Um, but my oh my god, my viewers fucking loved. I don't understand it. Like half the stream was just a loading bar as something compiles. And they're like, this is great content. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was suffering the entire time. Um, but since then, I I don't really take... I don't take streaming that seriously on the... Because I've got a gaming channel. I just play things every so often. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I should probably take it more seriously. But I'm like, you know what? I just want to play these games anyway. Um, mm-hmm. The only channels I really take seriously are the main channel and the podcast. Uh yeah. I do upload shorts on the gaming channel because, you know, shorts do well and all that fun stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not like a... Yeah, it's not a major focus. I I do know a lot of people find streaming to be really beneficial, and if you build up an audience streaming, it is better monetarily. Um, but I don't... Yeah, doing what I normally do, I don't know how I would really translate in that into a stream form. I have to do something different, but in some way offering some level of value. The uh, mm-hmm. the content I found did do fairly well in the stream form, because I don't like doing distro reviews, but doing like a three-hour distro showcase in the form of a stream, I feel like that works a little bit better in that regard. And it's yeah, fun I can see to, that. <clears throat> it's fun to kind of try out like, you know, random distros. Like, you know, I did a Gen 2 series. Uh, I... I'd be interested in doing, like, Bedrock Linux and things like that. Or, you know, try out something weird, like, you know, install Red Star in an OS, uh, in a VM or something. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man, that, that's cool, yeah. I, I was just thinking about that because it's something I'm getting into, mm. and I was thinking actually transitioning from YouTube main to just streaming four or five days a week. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do for all of March, basically, just to see. Mm-hmm. And instead of like pushing stuff from my main YouTube channel and telling people about it over there, I just kind of want to see what would happen if I just did it without any outside of influence yep, and yep. seeing how, if I can actually build it organically or, or more organically, I should say, mm-hmm. maybe put in ticklers like for like community posts, and yep, yep. maybe even a tweet, <clears throat> but that's about the gist of it. And I think it's fun. Like the thing I love about it the most is I can focus on like a more long-term project mm. and start building out stuff, like building out a new desktop, which I'm, I just switched over to Sway, by the way. Thanks for letting me know about Wayland. I was, I was one of those people that was all Xorg all the time. Wayland's never going to happen. And then this past couple, like this past month, I'm like a firm believer in, uh, your your video kind of just like opened the door for mm-hmm. me, but really what sold me was when I started diving into the Steam Deck. And I mm-hmm. was like, why is this device so effing good? And I looked at it and I was like, what the hell? Okay, it's using Wayland mm-hmm. and then like GameScope and it's an immutable arch. And I started just diving in more and more. And I was like, I hate everything about this distro and how it's constructed but it's done so damn well yep, that yep. everything just works and is cohesive. And I know I can do a better job than this. Yep. And that was what my final conclusion was. And I was like, okay, first off, Xorg, trash bin, bam. 
And then I was like, all right, let's let's do this Wayland thing. And I just started installing every single window manager, everything from, you know, uh, WLL Randar and then figuring out all the different Wayland tools and just going down that whole rabbit hole this whole past month. And that's basically what I've been streaming. It's just mm -hmm. me basically tearing down my entire main production rig, yep. rebuilding it. And then doing it over and over and over again on stream. I've I've done it like five times this past week. I think what really helped Wayland, like I kind of just a lot of the open source space, is people just having time to work on things during COVID. Like that's a big part of mm -hmm. it. Because I think it is fair to say back in like 2019, 2020, Wayland was very very far from ready. Like back mm -hmm. then, you couldn't even capture the desktop with OBS. Yep. Now you can do that. Now all of like global hotkeys just got merged a couple of months ago. That's coming to KDE. I think in the next version, not there for WL roots yet. And a bunch of these other little things where I've been like, I, I've sort of been the one person out here sort of championing these issues with Wayland because no one else is talking about it. Yes. And I know I've, I've been watching mm. you, man. I've been watching you and I'm like, Oh dude, this is awesome. And but the, these the things thing are now being addressed, and it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I want to do a video on that, mm -hmm. but it's like I have to make it more readily available for yeah. folks. So, uh, Because I think there's a misconception that Linux people are tech savvy. I think but, yeah. there's a good bit. I think a, a, a lot more Linux people are tech savvy than Windows and Mac mm -hmm. counterpart. But, I mean, on its head, you're still going to have like 60%, 70% of the user base that's not really going to be yeah, able most to people aren't developers. much of it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I got to make this more cohesive and make like an install script for folks and really drill down those tools. So it's just like, here's all the tools. Here's everything to convert to it. Here's the window manager. Here's all the setup. Yep. And then just go. And that's one project I'm working on pretty hard on the stream to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I know enough about all of this. Let's pick the best of everything mm -hmm. and then make a beautiful, wonderful Wayland based desktop, which I've pretty much settled. It's going to be Sway. I've, so I've, if I've, if you're not moved using Gnome KDE, Sway is right now the best option by far. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been messing around with it, and I'm like, man, I love this. And it's getting close. I think this week's going to be the week that I really drill down and find my final configuration for it. Hyperland has been cool. I I rock that I, for yeah, it's, since I made that video like a month ago. Yeah, I, I've i been uh, sort of having occasional back and forth with the Hyperland dev every so often. He was in my Discord for a while. Um mm -hmm constantly shilling the project and eventually did a like a bit of coverage of it but the only reason i would advise against hyperland right now is it's very very much in really active development like things are changing like multiple times a day i got a good one for you mm. okay to, to to reinforce that point for mm. anybody watching this uh hyperland uh in version i think it was 21 they yeah. misspelled the comp file. So you go to your .config, hyper, and they misspelled the comp yep. file. So it was hyperlanda. 
it, it was like two D's on the end. And then people in chat were yelling at me like, you misspelled the comp file. I'm like, no, nah, this version, they screwed it up. And, mm. and it's now this. And then in 22, I think they fixed it. Yep, now yep. it's back to Hyperland. And I was like, okay. But it's it's definitely still really active development where I would never recommend someone that's not want to really tinker with the computer to ever try it. <laughs> the most annoying thing I had is there was a change that was made, but they didn't update the documentation yet. So they changed a variable name or deleted a variable or something, and there was a function that I just couldn't do. Luckily, there was people that knew a workaround. I think it was for, like, dragging windows with your mouse or something. They changed mm -hmm. a variable, and, yeah, you had to, like, work around it with, like, a click event or something. <laughs> it was really dumb. But I think Hyper... I as much as I think Hyperland is not ready now, I think uh -huh. if the developer keeps up this work, it will get to a point where Hyperland might legitimately be a really good Wayland experience that I could recommend to people. As yeah. it stands I, I now, it, I would say Sway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I, that's kind of what I settled on. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I, I rocked Hyperland for a full month mm. and I loved the feel of it. I mm. loved the it was just flashy let, let, i'm just to be honest with you it's just really flashy and mm -hmm. i liked it and it felt good and then i moved to sway and sway is more traditional yeah and not not nearly the effects and in, in some of the yep. flash you lose a little bit of that but it works absolutely <laughs> so i get it my only issue with sway is it's it's i3 so it's a manual tyler and i'm just I've got an auto Tyler script that sort of deals with it and makes it, you know, not annoy me. But I, mm -hmm. I just don't like manual Tylers anymore. I know they have their audience and you can make really crazy layouts. But for the average person who wants to try out a Tyler, a dynamic Tyler is just easier. Yep. 100%. But I don't use too many. Usually it's just a one or two. Yeah. And I, I'm a big proponent of multiple desks. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm on multiple workspaces and uh, I've been using uh, for Sway. I've been using workspaces. I think it's called. It's a cargo install mm -hmm. uh, on Debian, which I've moved back to Debian for March because Arch made me angry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it was a, it was a Wayland update and it ended up breaking my brave browser and then I had to like switch to flat pack to fix it. And I was just like, oh mm -hmm. man, or I could have, I could revert it back to an earlier backup. And I was mm -hmm. like, or I could just be on Debian and this would have never happened. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then I no, was like, fair. all right, I'm going to blow my system up again. <laughs> anyway. But, um, yeah. yeah. You're going somewhere with that. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, so the, the workspaces yes. is a really cool, it's like cargo install workspaces mm -hmm. and it adds icons for all your programs. So you know how it says one, two, three up at the top of your title bar for okay. Sway. Yep. It automatically detects your program. And then if it's a program you don't know, you can add like a custom icon for it. Mm -hmm. And then it just shows the little icons next to the number. So if you have three or three things open in workspace one, it'll show three icons like Vim, GitHub, and then you know oh, let's say brave browser does sound really cool yeah man check that out and uh, that is life-changing and they have a couple different implementations i haven't found the best way to do it quite yet i was looking at my comp file and i was like okay on the comp file i 
I try to do it through that. Which oh, wait, do you mean work style, method. not workspaces? What's that? Do you mean work style, or is this a different one? Yeah, yeah, work style. Okay. That's it. Yeah, okay. I, I couldn't find it trying to find workspaces. Okay. Yeah, yeah, work style. That's it. And it's a cargo install work style, and then it just puts it in there, and you can install it on any distro. So I was thinking of that, but there's two implementations of it. One, just auto-launching it mm -hmm. or manually launching it through your auto-start, yep. or you could do a systemd service. And I'm kind of thinking about switching from the auto-start to do a systemd service because it's been a little finicky using the auto-start. Yeah. I'll have to try that out. That does... So I, I'm very much a proponent of workspaces as well. I, I have maybe two three windows mm -hmm. on each space at most um like usually the most i ever have on something is when i'm streaming there'll be like obs uh i don't know like a chat and maybe something else that's as far as i'll go but mm -hmm. you know i sometimes forget which number certain things are on and that yeah so this might be super super compelling it, it's pretty, pretty, I just discovered it today mm. and I've been messing around with it and it's magical. I absolutely love it. And I'm like, hell yeah, this is going into my desktop. So I'm just working on building all that out. Mm. And once I get that, it's, I'm looking at my desktop right now. I'm like, oh, it's gorgeous. I just gotta, I just gotta fine tune it. You know, I think it's like the inevitable Linux journey is like, you never get the perfect desktop, mm. but it feels like you're so close. It, it, but in this time, I think it's different. I think, it, yeah, I think I did find the perfect setup. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's my quest to find it. And I've been streaming just a ton on Twitch, just yeah, trying yeah. to do it. So everyone's just laughing at me, uh, blow up my system. They're like, did you format the wrong drive this time? Because I got like six drives in oh. there, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, no, I think I got it. I think it's okay this time. But yeah, that that's been. <laughs> a blast <laughs> besides what we've mentioned do you have any like issues using sway anything that still feels a bit rough around the edges so <laughs> you're asking the wrong person because i went from river mm. to dwl to uh god what was what else was there i i i bounced around all that hyperland yeah. was actually the most polished out of all those. And I was like, oh, Hyperland's wow, not that, so bad. That's going to annoy the River and DWO fans. Yeah, then I was like, okay, cool. And then I went to, then I just moved a uh, Sway today. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is this is really good. This mm -hmm. is polished. Sway is amazing. And then, <laughs> so I'm going from the other end. Like if, right. if I was like a veteran, like KDE GNOME user, and then I come into Sway, I'd be like, this is janky. What the hell? You got to mm -hmm. edit this mm -hmm. file? I mean... But I'm coming from the other spectrum. So yeah, yeah. to me, Sway's pretty damn good. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how I'm feeling in like a week. Mm -hmm. uh, but so far, I've been pretty happy. Mm, okay. I I do obviously have Sway installed and I use Wayland every so often. I mainly am still using uh, Awesome WM right now. Um, I haven't okay. made the full switch over. I should do like a full switch for like you know a month or so and just see how it goes like i've i've done switches here and there like a week at a time uh -huh. but i haven't made like a full switch i always like having that full back there just in case something goes wrong um so you still are rocking some awesome window management yeah. with xorg yeah i, I my ma okay my main issue and the reason why i don't 
daily drive Wayland is the global uh-huh. hotkey issue. So you'll probably notice that if you open up OBS and Sway, if you've got hotkeys to like start recording and things like that, they, uh-huh. don't, they don't do anything. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, I was about to call you out and be like, ah, I can't believe you're using XORG. But I control all my production with Windows and uh, Stream Deck. Oh, so. okay, that's fair. <laughs> I yeah. mean... Okay, so you, yeah, you, know, you would have never noticed. That would be the pot calling the kettle black. I'd be like, well, I don't use Xorg over here. I'm Sway Whalen 100% mm-hmm. on this machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for most of my production, like when I have it, I have a stripped down version of Windows mm-hmm. with all the services stripped out with where it only has OBS. So yep. I just boot it up. Everything auto loads. It never does updates. It mm-hmm. never does anything. It just records my stuff and then... I, I, that's my stable version of Windows, yeah. basically, that has um, Elgato. I have a whole bunch of Elgato stuff that just doesn't work very well in Wayland. I mean, mm. you can do Stream Deck. There's like uh, Boatswain and mm. Steam Deck. I, I've I've dabbled with making a, a hardcore, hardcore uh, Linux production box, and I did it for about a year or two. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there was a lot of accessories that I wanted to yeah, add to that yeah. production box that I was like, this makes sense for me and uh, putting in like a beacon sound mixer for controlling all the different levels for all my inputs right here on my desk was just so nice. And yeah, I was like, yeah. ah, you know what? I like this. And I just wouldn't get that with Linux. And I was like, okay, but it was mainly the accessories that kind of pushed me in that direction. But I think one thing that might help the, with that is if these like Linux gaming devices do become more popular. Cause we asked like, you know, capture cards now work way better than they did years ago mm-hmm. on on Linux. Like I just, I've got a, um, let's see if we can, there we go. I've got a EVGA XR1 Lite. This thing's great. Highly recommend it. Um, I used mm-hmm. to have the Ava Media Toblerone. Um, yep, I had that. That's what I started with. Over here for anyone who doesn't know. The uh, yep. Ava Media Live Gamer Portable 2 Plus 4K Pass-Through, which sounds like, you know, a product <laughs> you find on Wish. Um, I know, but, but it was great, man. I used great. the hell out of that. I recorded on that for, I think, almost a year and a half, two years before moving. Yeah, uh, and I mine, moved to Magewell from that. Mine, uh, it was working fine, and then USB mm-hmm. power just stopped. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, replaced it with the EVGA. Worked great. Highly recommend it. Uh, but you so know. if you if you ever run into more problems yes. with the capture, switch to a Magewell PCIe card they're they're pricey they're like 500 600 bucks maybe maybe even up to a thousand for the four inputs in but you get multiple inputs in Mm. and it does a phenomenal job i even moved to arch Mm -hmm. for my production machine because i was on crazy pills that day and i contacted them because their drivers didn't work on the rolling release kernel and those guys modified the drivers and sent me new drivers to work on that kernel in less than 24 hours. I was blown away. I expected them to just be like, Arch Linux, no, we don't support it. Yeah. But they didn't. So I mage well cards, yes, they're pricey, but yeah. their team is damn good. I was shocked. It's the best support I've ever gotten. And yeah, they're one of the I few- don't use them now. Yeah. I use an Elgato CamLink Pro because it's 320 bucks and I get four inputs in and the yeah. Mage Well one's a thousand dollars. But it's really good. What is that one? Yeah. If you go with the Camlink Pro, it's a great card. Oh, and oh it's a okay, PCI card. Yeah, yeah. But it's Windows only. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like, am. Damn. 
I've got obviously got that EVGA, and then for my the camera you're seeing, that's through a uh, regular cam link, the cam link 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, works great. Classic. No problem yeah. with it. Abs- I used <laughs> I used to use the. Uh, remember there was that period where a lot of the tech channels were talking about those like cheap HDMI capture cards. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't, did you do a video on that? I know a bunch of people did them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Uh, I had a video where I reviewed like six of them, and yeah, I bought every one of them. them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's such a waste of money. Just, just shell out the extra money and buy something good. <laughs> when I when I bought my Camlink, I uh, I noticed the color depth difference very quickly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've had some of those cheap like thirty forty dollar camp uh, capture cards. They'll come in, you plug it in, and it's like everything's red. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh. Man. I I keep them around just because in Australia we don't have this uh this thing that America has overnight shipping. So sometimes oh, yeah. I buy something and it takes a week or two to get here. So it's nice to have a backup. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. <clears throat> yeah, I I have like a huge stack of cables. Yeah, I'm like obsessed with just having backups for everything just in case yeah, I, I need to like move or make like a mobile production rig, whatever I can just do it. Yeah. I have a, uh, a box of cables. There are cables in there that I don't know why I have. They're like composite cables. I don't need composite cables for anything. <laughs> why? <laughs> well, like there's a, uh, a HDMI cable that I know is broken, but I just put it in the box. It's a later problem. Oh man. Well, I think we all did that at one time. Mm-hmm. I've gotten better on the broken cables. I throw them away now. Yeah, okay. But I do have no less than 100 extra cables. I have about 50 sitting in cable racks just sitting on the wall. Mm-hmm. My wife comes in and is like, really? Hopefully that's not in your camera shot because you look like a massive cable hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I should do something with that, to be honest. Like, I got... Uh, I could... Yeah, my... Because I'm, I'm living uh, with one of my mates right now, uh, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know what? If you want to put things on the wall, go ahead. Uh, so I might have to do something like that. Could be a good idea. We'd get I rid mean, of a lot of the I, junk. I like it, but it's not exactly aesthetically pleasing. So there's yeah, that. I, I guess. You, yeah, no, that's fair. It's functional, though. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, there, I can't tell you how many times I go over there. I'm like, I need this cable. and be like, okay, HTMAs are over <laughs> here. I got my USB-Cs. I got micro usbs and i just can just grab whatever i need and i have a whole thing of just different audio cables yep 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 it's legit <laughs> you're like it, for anyone out there if you want the the one recommendation i can make if you're doing anything on youtube have backup cables because something's gonna go wrong just when you want to record a video yep it happens all the time i have i haven't had to touch it but i do have a backup xlr cable hopefully i don't have to use that anytime soon but it's there just in case. Yeah, I actually uh, spent a ton of money and got, oh man, what is it? It's like the nicest XLR cable you can buy. Yeah. It's like the Modex ones or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's not Modex. It's something like that. can't remember the Expensive name offhand. But XLR it was like 80 bucks for like a 10 foot XLR cable. Yeah. It, it was just stupid expensive. And I was like, okay, this is really going to up my audio game. And at the end of the day, it didn't do anything. It's no, don't, don't, don't do, don't waste your money on that stuff. Just, just go buy like a mono price cable. You'll yeah, be yeah. Fine. Get yourself an Amazon basic <laughs> cable. It'll do the like. There are differences, yeah. and you know, if you're in like a high interference area and you're going over a long distance, yes, for any of the audio nerds, there is obviously a difference between the cables. But if you're yes. running, 
you know, one foot doesn't matter. And also the fact that it gets like overly compressed by YouTube. And at the time I was going into like a really crappy mixer and just destroyed my audio. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. so there's always I've had an audio struggle ever since I started. And I still have uh, to this day. I just replaced a whole bunch of my audio equipment mm-hmm. to just consolidate to one little box. And yep, it's a yep. pretty cheap box. It's only like 500 bucks, which is cheap in the audio land. And I don't do a lot of the compression and a lot of other stuff. Uh, now it's just a direct feed in. I don't have to do a bunch of filters. And mm-hmm. it, it sounds pretty good. It could sound probably better. But for now, I'm like, okay, it's it's good. So what are you using right now? Post. Uh, right now, I just switched to uh, Presonus or Presonus Studio eighteen twenty four C. That's I love dumb gear. And Eight. I loved it because you could plug the USB C directly into the production machine, mm-hmm. and it would just feed ev- all the inputs in there independently. So then you can control each one from an independent source, and it's yep. great. I really wanted to do an RME UFX plus mm-hmm. they're about $3,000 for those bastards, <laughs> yep. but uh, that'll break the bank. But those guys are like what music producers and stuff do yep. same thing, but just higher quality preamps and a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, I'll get one of those. You just can't get them anymore. Right. They, they stopped manufacturing them because I guess the chips aren't made anymore or something uh, crazy. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this personas will be getting me by. But it was a, a good upgrade from what I was using. What do you use a, as a mic right now? So I've I've gone back and forth mm. for the best audio quality. I really like uh, the Heil PR40 fed into uh, Soya's preamp a lot of people are like all about cloud lifter and mm. i think the soyas preamps you can't get anymore because they're from russia but i got one before all of that and it's awesome so that's for the best sound quality mm-hmm. but i kind of move around all the time now so yeah. i was like i can't have the dynamic mic up in my grill and i was like all right i'm gonna remove all that and just go to an overhead boom mic so i just looked up kind of what they use in the in the movie industry mm. and i found this uh sennheiser i want to say it's a 914 i think it is let me look Nine... something like that there is a device that came up when i searched that so presumably that's a thing the e914 yeah. maybe let's see what was it uh sennheiser uh... High grade cardioid condenser microphone for the money application is outstanding. Sound properly to blah, 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 blah. Don't care. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't it. It was, uh, damn. Ah, I'll have to Sennheiser. look it up and send it over to you. Boom. It was. <laughs> See what comes up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, geez, I know it's in here. But. Uh, the MKE. MKH416, maybe? No. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh. MKH416. Ah, okay, cool. Here we go. Yeah, that was that's what I'm using right now. And I really like it. It's a pretty solid mic. This microphone is so professional. Sounds good. Great review. <laughs> that sounds like a paid review. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty damn good mic. I will say that. Oh, yeah. For $1,000, I do hope it sounds good. Yeah, the Australian dollars. Are <laughs> yeah, it is a thousand bucks. So there is that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the first time I hooked it up, it sounded like crap. So mm. 
I've uh, okay. I've considered doing a, a shotgun mic before because I I do kind of like the look it gives with a shot, just having nothing in the frame. Mm-hmm. It it's it's a difficult thing to do, mm. but if you can do it, the one thing I would say is it still has to be within about a foot yeah. of your your mouth. So what I do is I kind of just have this arm that comes up and the mic is about that far away. So it's a less than about a foot from my, from yeah, my yeah, mouth. Yeah. It's just a hair out of frame. Mm -hmm. The only uh, thing I'd want to do before I try that, this mic can kind of deal with it, but this room is a little bit echoey. Um, I've been meaning to, mm -hmm. to deal with that for ages. I just haven't gotten around to it. So I'll tell you this. I've, I've bought in so much sound dampening crap. I bought those stupid black foam tiles. You see mm -hmm. all these dumb YouTubers buy. I was one of those dumb YouTubers that bought them, <laughs> yep, put them yep. all up, spent like hundreds of dollars on them. And they just, they barely did anything. They did some stuff, mm. but it was not very good. So at the end of the day, I just built my own sound panels. They're about a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I built a wooden frame, got some rock wool, put them in, and then some really a dense fabric, yep. wrapped it, stapled mm. it down, and then just put it on the wall yep, with yep. a little backlight. And it's like, dude, that looks infinitely better than anything I can buy in the store. And it does such a good job with the audio. Mm. So, I, so sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to rant all the time about all the different stuff, but no, I swear no, I actually get to talk to somebody that No, that's does totally this, fine. So. The more that you talk, the less <laughs> that I talk. It's great. Uh this room isn't as bad as it could be because I have carpet, which is great for this chair. I've got uh -huh. um, chair mats under it because otherwise I can't move it. Uh, but this room has pretty thick carpets, so it's not. And you know, it's my bedroom as well. Like, so there's there is stuff in it. Uh, if it was just an yeah. office, it would it would not be great. <laughs> I would have, I would have had to do something about it ages ago. Yeah, so I mean, with you though, you got the Sure SM7B yeah, probably yeah. fed into a cloud rifter. What are you using for your mixer? Uh, I've got a Yamaha uh, MG10XU because I bought okay. something that was yeah. way overkill. <laughs> yeah, so I think that is a pretty, like, you could literally have a drum playing behind yeah. you and nobody would know. The only, like, I, as, I, but I, I, do, I love would, that mic for that. I, no, this mic's great. Um, sometimes, the, like, you probably couldn't even hear the dog that was barking next door before. Nope, um, couldn't hear any of it. It was just your voice. That's yeah, it. this is great for dealing with this room but if i wanted to like if i wanted to try out something different like a shotgun mic like a like really anything else it's 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 a bit bit of a problem yeah it just picks up too much yeah, yeah. man I, I get it uh for a while there for two years i was using the sm7b mm. because i had a window air conditioner that set two feet from me ah, so anytime yeah. that kick in you couldn't even hear yourself think but I could still record with that on. Right. So a lot of my audio in the early days was kind of garbage. You know, I when I recorded, I had a um, a ducting air conditioning, and the like the air would just blow directly onto the mic, and <laughs> you couldn't actually hear it in most cases. When it when it did get bad, I did have a solution though. Um, I could hang a a towel just out of frame that would block the air. There you go. It's all those. It's always those solutions that mm -hmm. just kill, man. It's always the homemade stuff that it makes for the best. Mm -hmm. Like I can't think of anything that I've bought that's like, oh my god, that's oh, that I, reminds I me. Needed that. I, I'll, I'm going to show you what my old camera mount used to be. Give me one second. Okay, let's see it. Entertain the people for a moment. Um, here it is. 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 Here it is
something our stepdad put together. So you would mount it on the table like this. There's like a bolt here. And then yeah. that can go in like so. Hell yeah. I mean, that looks sturdy though, man. It was definitely sturdy. And you just like, screw, uh, there we go. You can just screw that in and just put it on like that. Why'd you stop using it? Uh, I, I didn't like have, so I've got my, um, camera on a stand behind the desk now. I don't particularly okay. like, you know, especially when I'm gaming, uh, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm an angry gamer. Sometimes I hit my desk. Damn. Um, yeah. I know some people like that look. The only, the only problem is when you hit the desk enough times, the camera droops and then uh -huh. <laughs> you got to fix it. Um, yep. I, I'm right there with you, man. I have my camera actually bolted to the wall. So I have my desk right here and then the camera's just bolted to the wall because I, I that's a really good idea desk. actually. Huh? Mm -hmm. mm. I just put a whole couple holes in the wall, but I've put so many holes in these walls. I mean, Hey, what's one more? <laughs> that's, ac huh? What I've considered doing something like that with my, uh, my lights. Cause I've got, no, I can't take him down. Um, do I have a spare one? No, I don't. I've got a, a set of um, Niwa 480s, I think they are. The big mm -hmm. Niwa light panels. Um, and they're on stands, but because they're on stands, I have to bring the desk a little bit out from the wall. So it might just be easier to, to put them directly up there. Hmm. I would. Like, I, I just... I would just bolt it up in the top right corner of your, wherever you're at. And if mm. you have like a big law, uh, diffuser or light box, you could, you could make a really good shot with that. Oh, that, yeah. Huh. And, and that way you can add some dynamic range to your shot too, because mm. if you have everything just like right here mm -hmm, where it's coming at you, everything's lit and everybody can see everything, but sometimes it's best to have like a little bit. One side should be lit a little bit more than the other and yeah, some yeah. other stuff. At least from what I read on YouTube, or, you know, <laughs> I watched on YouTube. I was like, okay, let me try that. So I've, I've tried so many incarnations of it. Mm. And I got like little, little light spots where you can just turn stuff on and get like a blue glow if you want, or mm, just nice. maybe a little bit more filling. I mean, mm. it just depends on the mood that you want to set on the camera. But I always like having something to where you can fill in whatever light you have. Yeah. Yeah. What do you actually use as a camera right now? I am cheap, and I don't like switching anything, uh -huh. so I've been rocking a Canon M200, which is about a $400 camera. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I I've... love it. It it just works. Mm -mm. I probably should <laughs> either bring it closer or stick a lens with a bit more zoom on it, just so I can get, you know, a fancy bokeh shot. Um, uh -huh. But, yeah, it's it's it does the job. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, if it's, you know, you could do like a full frame. And frankly, for how close I have this, I mm. should switch to a full frame and do all of it. And But then I'm like, does it really matter? At the end of the day, we're talking about Linux and other stuff. And people really don't care. come to look at my face. Well, so I was just like, eh, it's fine. Well, in my case, actually, you do have like a little, a little cam when you show your desktop, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Half the time the video is going to be on that anyway, so it doesn't. Yeah, and usually what I do is when I have this, I have a green screen back mm. here. One second. <laughs> I just pull this bad boy down. Oh, yeah. And then it's just gone. 
So that, that's what I do. One second, I'll uh, plug you back in so we don't have reverb. <sighs> Try to do like a little headset. There we go. So is that that's just mounted to your roof then, is it? Yeah, I just mounted it up there. It, it If you walked in this room, you'd be like, oh my, this looks like a disaster zone. Because I just take, like I got two by fours with a pull-up bar strapped up there just because I was like, yeah, hey, I I'm going to do that I on did see the pull-up bar when you did the <laughs> FM11 stream. Yes. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to knock out all this and we're just going to combine all this in there and I'm going to get in shape and stream and I don't know. I got a bunch of crazy ideas like No, that. it's actually a great idea to be honest. It, it may, when I saw the number of how many pull-ups you'd done, I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm being a bit lazy. <laughs> Maybe I should uh, I should work out more. I think we all work out more. And hmm. I, God, I've been watching. Oh, geez, this is embarrassing. But I love David Goggins. I don't know oh, if no, you've I, ever I, seen Goggins is great. Guy. Dude, that guy, like, because I was like, <laughs> stay hard. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to carry the boats? Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I need. I love that guy, just man. Just in case anybody like... doesn't know who Goggins is, I'm going to bring up a video. And, uh, yes. David Goggins. Uh, you know what? Compilation. Why not? I'm sure we can find something, uh, something fun. There's, I'm seeing an hour 30 compilation. What the hell? Oh, my God. It's um, insane. He, wait. Uh, you know, we just pick up a YouTube short. This will work. Yeah, here we go. Uh, you must change your mindset. Yeah, here so we go. today, I decided to try to PR my long run. So the first half of the run, I'm feeling great. Yeah. My mind is clear. Nothing going on. Yeah. Think about nothing but my just my running pace. What I'm doing, my breathing, everything like that. Get to mile 15, I turn around. And the demons start to creep in. That inevitable wall is creeping up on me. When you push so hard... Something's about to give, and I start to give. My mind started to break down. I started to feel my legs starting to hurt. I started to feel dehydrated. Started feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, so I was looking around. Somewhere. Like, no one like knows I'm fucking running. out here running. I love it, man. Well, I should go ahead. I got two broken feet. I'm just gonna keep running though. Yep, 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 yep. Stop being a little, you know. <laughs> just oh, I, going, I love man. Goggins. Goggins is great. Great. But yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, like I, he pop, pulled up there, and I was like, okay, mm -hmm. if he can do that stuff. I can go run a mile. Sure, you sure. Know, or, yeah. It's just like one of those things. I was like, okay, I, mm -hmm. need to, I need to do it because I'm getting older and pretty soon I'm not going to be able to do it if I don't do it now. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, what am I, 24? Like, I'm at the point where I should be doing it so that when I, I am old, it's just not a problem. Then just get it started early rather yeah. than, you know, you know, uh, most people where they'll just let everything sort of decline and then decide now is when I'm going to fix things. Um, the thing that sort of changed my mind recently, I was, uh, I was going to the beach and there's this like really big staircase to get down. So obviously when you leave the beach, you have to go up the staircase to get to, get to the top. Um, uh -huh. About halfway through, I was I was winded. I was like, you know what? This is a problem. It's a long staircase, to be fair. And I was dragging, like, what do they call them? A cooler box? Is that? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, um, cooler. Yeah. yeah. I was dragging that up. I was dragging up, like, a big beach umbrella. And I got, like, halfway. I was winded. Like, this is a problem. I need to, I need to do something about this. <laughs> well, man, I mean, I, I would say, like, I got pretty bad. I had my doctor say, you need to exercise more. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, hey, 
you got to, you know, my liver wasn't functioning all that well. I can't drink anymore and uh, some other stuff. And I was like, okay, I need to get back in shape. And then I went and made a fitness channel on YouTube. You did. And yes. one of my things is anytime I get into anything, mm-hmm. I just got to go all in. I'm mm. just bam. So I did like a fitness video every single day for like an entire month. Oh, wow. And I would just record everything. And I did end up doing CrossFit, which is don't don't do CrossFit. It's just it's it's I'm four months in now mm-hmm. of doing CrossFit five days a week. And I got to tell you, it's still just as hard the, the today as it was the first day. And it's just terrible. So <laughs> I hate it. Mm-hmm. But I always tell myself, hey, but dude, you can I'm seeing results. So yeah, I was like, yeah. all right, we're just going to keep going because I don't want to be, you know, uh, I don't want to be dead here in like 15 years yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. going the way I was drinking, eating unhealthy, dude. I mean, it, it would have probably happened. So I was like, all right, I'm changing, changing things. Yeah. 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 So always a good time to get healthy. Yeah. My, uh, my mom found out recently she's like pre-diabetic and yeah, I was like, you know what? I, I don't eat as bad as she does. That's for sure. But I, I don't want to be in that position when I'm her age. I, I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I can still get out there and, you know, still do whatever I need to do. Um, but she did decide to start, like, playing tennis and stuff recently, so she's doing, like, better with it, but... Yeah, and I think that's just being active is, like, yeah, the yeah, big yeah. thing. But, yeah, anytime I'm at work, uh, there's a guy that works with me, and we're going back and forth, uh, and he he's a big diet coke drinker so oh, God, i'll yeah. i'll go into i, I still <clears throat> go into a day job mm-hmm. uh for those that don't know i don't do the youtube for all all the time so usually one day a week i'm going in and anytime i go in and he's he's a great dude he's really highly technically just awesome yep, all yep, the way yep. around and just fun to talk to but he's drinking diet cokes all the time I'm like dude that stuff's gonna kill you it's gonna give you cancer but don't do it <laughs> put the diet coke down how much water have you had today <laughs> so i'm i'm like i'm like the the nag over on the other side Yo. uh of the little tech department we have there so that's fun though i love it i love it yeah I, yes i drink am, more water yeah this is full of what uh, what is this how big is it does it say i don't know some uh, 1.2 liters i don't know what that is in in american um what? Leader, leader works. We we have leaders here. You have, okay, so. sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much. We don't drink it. everything in gallons. Well, we do have. I, I just assumed it was in ounces or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, we got those. Well, I, I don't know why we don't just convert to metric, but whatever. From you know what I've heard? It's it would just be really expensive to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I think like in- England converted to metric, but they still like haven't converted all the way like stuff is still in like miles and yeah, certain yeah, yeah. spot yeah so it's like weird like a weird in between metric and that they still commonly will use stone for weight oh okay yeah um but there yeah, are those few... weird brits no. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of things where i've just accepted that you know imperial is just going to be the way it works like height height i understand enough in because, you know, if you say, I'm 177 centimeters, like, what does that mean? Like, uh-huh. yeah, like 5'10 or something, 5'11. I don't know, something in that range. Um, like, that that's that that works fine. But everything else. Uh, actually, I could <laughs> I could imagine it. 
I was talking about this the other day. I think it was the last podcast, maybe. Maybe the one before that. Uh, there's going to come a point where electric cars... So you know how California is going to stop selling uh, uh, gasoline cars by 2035, yep. supposedly, yep. until we get to 2034 and they realize that they have to keep selling them. But there's going to there's gonna be a point where California. they decide that. Um, it's going to be a point where it actually happens and there'll be a point where they actually outlaw gasoline cars. So there's going to mm-hmm. be a point where there are no filling stations in certain states. So you're just not going to be able to take a car into that state. The same thing could happen if the US did a state-by-state a transition with uh, to the metric system. You could have some states where they have uh, speed signs in <laughs> miles, some in kilometers, and nobody has any idea what's going on. That would not work at all. It would just be some mass chaos. Yep. I can just see her the good old boys now. I ain't gonna do that. Forget you guys. Kilometers is a bigger number, so you get to go faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like kilometers. I mean, I, I used to do uh, foot races a little bit, so yeah. we always ran 5Ks, 10Ks. They, they never did it like, we're going to go run 3.1 miles. That was kind of silly. So yeah, it, it seemed like 5K. after one mile, everyone just stopped using miles. Yeah, pretty much. It's, I get it. <laughs> But yeah, man. Oh, geez. Uh, you mentioned God, you, you, you started uh, streaming a bit. I, I didn't... I, okay, I, I know there are people who still play it, but I didn't know that you still played FF11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like really old school uh-huh. gamer. And if we're being 100% on, honest, um, I kind of like hacking old MMOs. That's right, like right. My, my thing. And like even EverQuest, you know, I, I was... I didn't own like a major developer on mm-hmm. like macro quest, but I did develop some like plugins and other things for, you know, warping around the map mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. other uh, hacks for that game, which, you know, I, I loved EverQuest to mm-hmm. like a thing where to the point where I was writing scripts uh, for like full automation of all kinds of characters, yeah, yeah. like clerics and oh man. But yeah, yeah I, 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 uh, I still uh, play old EverQuest Ever, a bit uh, uh, before my time. But my I, yeah, I, yeah. my first um, MMO was RuneScape. I played a lot of that. Yep, and that that was kind of like after my my time. So yep, I yep, was like yep. late '90s, early 2000s, which I think RuneScape did come out in that time. But I was like, ah, RuneScape's for kids. Uh, the original <laughs> version, I think, was l- I think it was late '90s. Was it okay? Yeah, but it didn't really become that big until runescape 2 came out around like the early 2000s okay yeah but yeah no i mean I, i'm still playing that a little bit and mm-hmm. i'm, I'm kind of jumping around lately but man i i kind of it's one of those things where i'm just kind of giving up on modern gaming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's it's a shame mm-hmm. because i was su- such a pc gamer for so long but uh, i just hate how fractured everything is and there's launchers for everything yeah. and and just I just want it to be a more cohesive experience mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, when you move to console, you're just, just the other day, my buddy is like, Hey, you need to get an Xbox for this. And I got to tell you, then you're buying all the accessories. And yep. I mean, and there's stuff about these consoles that are just downright predatory and no one <laughs> gives a shit. Mm-hmm. It, like uh, the Xbox, I have a, I think it was like, I see here it is. I got a PS five. 
headset, but I can't use it on the Xbox or anything because the Xbox uses their own proprietary headset. Yeah. They don't allow anything. Now you can get like a little conversion thing mm-hmm. for your controller, then you can plug it into here yeah, and yeah. then can ah man, I'm just telling you, I <laughs> the proprietary nature of the consoles mm-hmm. are just they they kill me. They kill me. And I want PC gaming to see that that the golden years of like the 2000 2010s. I, yeah. I do, I do like my I do like my controllers, but like, you know, I don't actually yes. I don't have a PS5 or an Xbox one. I just like the controllers. Um Yes. They are, like the, I would say the PS5 controller is really I good. I think the PS5 I, controller it, is when Sony finally realized how to make a controller. Mm-hmm. They took what was good about the Xbox control where it's shaped like a human a human is going to hold it. Yep. And that's all they did. <laughs> and they add a little weight. The yeah, yeah, yeah. PS5 got a little weight to it. And I was yeah, like I like yeah, that. Absolutely. But I I just yeah, I look at all that stuff and I'm like, man, I I really want PC gaming to see a resurgence mm-hmm. and as much as people can shoot down Valve and uh crap on like the proprietary nature of Steam. Yep. I really like how cohesive that is. Like I've been playing a ton on the steam deck Mm -hmm. way more than any other device now to where I'm like that it, it, there's hope, Mm -hmm. there's hope there. And I'm just so hopeful for, for modern gaming and kind of a comeback there that, you know, we can just sit there and, uh, do it and that would be just so much fun so i mean that's what i'm kind of looking for and i think linux is going to lead that charge Mm -hmm. because of you know valve's contributions in steam because then you can kill you don't need to run all these stupid launchers in the background that just auto launch on loading up windows you know you you can just use linux and i'd love that well i i think the good part like there is still a lot of good happening in modern gaming, but it's not happening from AAA games. There is a very few exceptions where, like, you know, you should probably play it. But, like, indie games. Right. Indie games, there are some amazing titles coming out. Come out now. Hollow Live. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Yes. I, I, know, oh I, know, I know where your office is. You're in my state. I will come visit you. Release your oh, goddamn man. game, Team Cherry. Jesus Christ. I it was wanna... supposed to be an expansion back I'm, then. I'm... They were like, oh, it's going to release later this year. And that was like five years ago. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yep. Come on, Team Cherry. Yep. Oh, and I was so good. And uh, this past year, I would say for Triple Titers, there's only been two games that I thought was any good. And it was Elden Ring I've been and then God of War. And yeah. that was it. And those just, were the two games. Speaking of God of War, uh, a big part of the reason I have this is uh, for PS2 emulation. I am uh, playing through God of War. I, I just finished, no, almost about to finish God of War 1 on the PS2. I'd never actually nice. played the original God of War games. Oh, see, my wife played through all of them. Mm. Like, she played through the originals and then the remasters. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of like tagged along for some of that. And uh, yeah. I mean, they're so good. They're so good. And I mean, they play really good on the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. I have uh, God of War 1 and 2 on the Steam Deck for emulating. And I think God of War 3 is on there too. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where I was going with uh, FF11, we'll be completely moved off of that. Uh, I am an FF14 player. I like okay. FF14. It's great. Sell me on FF11. Why should I play FF11? Well, I, you, you strike me as a man with a higher than room temperature IQ, and <laughs> I feel like 
you would be doing yourself. You know, you're gonna have to use your brain a little bit more to use Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> no, no, I, I joke, I joke. Um, I would say Final Fantasy XI is a difficult game, mm-hmm. brutal, and just you'd have to go in not with an open mind of the control schemes weird. Like you don't use your mouse ever in the game. Uh huh. Things are clunky because they're just trying to figure that stuff out back in the early 2000s. It was the first console MMO. It was the first console MMO. And on PC, when you play it, you'll be using your numpad. And it's a weird control scheme that you just never will run into. And I I, I don't think I'd ever tell anybody to play it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) If you play it, do the horizon XI server. It's free. Mm -hmm. You can, you can get in there. You don't need to give square any money for it. Mm -hmm. They've done a good job of at least removing like the play online requirements and just that whole headache. So you can actually get in and see this weird game from the early two thousands. But I would never really actively tell anyone to play it. (laughs) I love it for its own like mm-hmm. personality, but yeah, it's it's very complex. There's like gear swapping. You have uh, Lua files you're gonna make for that, so you can maximize your character. You might have twenty different pieces of equipment mm-hmm. for one specific. Like you're gonna heal, yeah, and you're gonna need certain pieces for enhancement for that one spell and then other pieces for another spell. Mm-hmm. You got to swap those out mid cast. Some pieces are better for pre cast. Some pieces are better for mid cast. Some pieces are better for resting and mm-hmm. idling. And you just, uh, you, you, you need all that. And it's, it gets ridiculous. Don't play final fantasy 11, whatever you do. It's an insane game, but I still love it. Now, I love it. Now I see why FF14 1.0 went in the bin because they designed <laughs> yes. it to be a follow-up to FF11. And like, yeah. no. <laughs> no, you can't do that 15 years later. I totally yeah, they, understand. They I think what was the current WoW expansion? I think it was like Mists of Pandaria or like WoW was Ugh. well established. You know, people may have an issue with that expansion, but, like, WoW was well established by this point. Like, we had moved very far past this style of MMO, and just throw that out there just wasn't going to happen. It was pretty bad. Like, even coming from 11, as an 11 player, Mm. I played it, and I was like, this sucks. I'm I'm not The game was also really badly programmed. That doesn't help either. Yes, and, and I was like, okay. No, so I mean, it's, but it's it's interesting. I I mm-hmm. kind of just like the unique nature, and really, what I miss the most about it is, I miss that developers take chances mm-hmm. instead of just tab targeting one, two, three for your skills and uh, ASWD and your mm-hmm. mouse. I'm just like, ah, show me something new. Mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. a chance. You know, don't just be like another WoW clone or, or you know a copy of a copy. Yeah, yeah. Like when Elden Ring came out last year, I think that was a great example of a modern yeah. game that really <laughs> didn't just copy and paste everything. Mm-hmm. And it was unique. And that's what I want people to get back to when it comes to gaming. That's when gaming's good. But nowadays it's uh, just too DLC ridden and, and there's too much big corporate stuff interest in it. So when I play, mm-hmm. I think it was destiny Two, I literally just wanted to throw <laughs> 
my computer out the window. I was like, are you kidding me? There's just monetization everywhere. And you see the time sinks that you're going to be in. And you're like, okay, that's just an artificial time sink because they they need you to be playing this game for three months while they engineer the next DLC that they're going to charge you 10. Ah, don't get me started. I just, oh. I hate it. I, did, I hate a lot about modern games. I did hear a very interesting take about the way that Souls games work. It's not that Elden Ring is something new and unique. Obviously, it's going to have those elements. It's very, like, from my understanding, it's basically just Dark Souls. It's open-world Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. But the difference is it's formulaic in the From Software style, and that is a breath of fresh air compared to everything else in the industry. Because right. it seems like, I, I've, as I said, I haven't played it yet, but when I played Bloodborne, it was Victorian Dark Souls. Sekiro is Japanese Dark Souls. I guess it's already Japanese, but it's like very Japanese Dark Souls. Elden Ring uh-huh. is like all of the concepts in the game. Like, you know, you've got your bonfires, your Estus Flask, your Titanite Shards. Everything is, it's that same structure, but it's just not full of, you know, microtransactions. They do have an expansion coming soon. That's that's yeah. what a lot of people are hyped about. But when From Software does an expansion, it's an expansion. Like, they still do, like, classic-style expansions. Yeah, and that's, like, the, the beauty of it. Like, that is, like, the golden era. Mm-hmm. That, it, But people don't do it because you can make more money with freaking horse armor yeah. and cosmetic. <laughs> yep stuff you know horse armor was the 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 start of the flood of well no horse armor, is, horse armor is tame Ugh. compared to today the oh what, yeah it is. what we have it today is. is like limitless scaling like diablo mm-hmm. immortal 120 grand to max out your character <laughs> i'm so scared i'm a huge diablo fan too by the way i'm still like i'm gonna probably get off here pull up some diablo 2 resurrected and just mm-hmm. jam out to that for a bit but I'm so scared of Diablo 4. Like, I know I know I'm going to buy it. I know I'm going to play it. And I know I'm going to be, like, devastated by some season pass BS or some type. Nope. You know they're going to put a microtransaction in there somewhere mm-hmm. or everywhere. It's Blizzard, and, and the Blizzard of today is awful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I... Hopefully I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong because I said the same thing about the Steam Deck. I was like, this thing's going to suck. The Steam machines were a failure. This is going to be a failure. And then it was like, oh, they hit it out of the park. I was like, this is amazing. I'm so wrong and I love it. (laughs) I love the Steam machine. It was such a stupid idea. Like, I know. What? Because what was it? Like a year or two later? How many years later did did they do Proton? Uh, Proton was like, oh, I want to say it was like three years later. Yeah. Because I think the Steam Machine came out in 2014, and I think the first iterations of Proton really didn't hit until 2017, maybe 2018. The Steam Deck is what would have happened with the Steam Machines. (laughs) Actually, it's still like weird because it's like desktop system, and now handhelds are super popular. I don't know if it would have done as well, but it wouldn't have been an absolute flop. Right. But I... uh, Here's the thing about Valve, and, and a lot of people don't realize this. Like, anytime you have a business, you you need to fail a whole mm. bunch. And what Valve did was they they branched out. They wasted all this money on Steam machines. They wasted all this money on Steam controllers. Mm. They wasted to all this fair, money. On, you know, the Steam controllers were pretty good. 
I have two. I freaking love the Steam controllers. I was like the only one. And when they went on sale for five bucks, I just bought as many as I possibly could. Oh, nice. Which equated to like one or two yeah, because yeah. they like limited the sale and they're right, gone right, real right. quick. But still an amazing device. Mm-hmm. But and by the way, on the Steam controller, I'm still a little bit salty at Scuff. Mm-hmm. Scuff is who killed the Steam controller. Mm-hmm. Those greedy SOBs basically patent trolled valve and then to like a four i think it was like a four million or six million oh, dollar settlement I didn't and that's that why man. the steam controller went out so forget oh, stuff the they refused to buy anything from them right the paddles yeah they they freaking uh, i i don't know they have a patent on buttons on the back of a controller like how the hell does someone issue a button a patent for a button on the back of a controller yeah, I, don't, I, was, I don't know oh, if so sony upset. and microsoft now have a partnership with scuff because they have the elite controllers i'm not sure how that yeah works. they they probably just paid them yeah and because they just have infinite money why yeah, not yeah. but i was just like ah scuff i hate them i refuse I... anytime i have a chance to just say don't ever buy anything from scuff mm-hmm. they suck from patent trolling and getting rid of the steam controller i and do have what a soft spot in my heart for scuff because you know i I grew up as Scuff was super popular with Call of Duty, with like, you know, Black Ops, MW2. Like, that's when Scuff was like, you buy a Scuff. Like, it, it's sort of like, you know, to be a programmer, you have to own a window manager. To be a gamer, yeah. you have to own a Scuff controller. That was like, yeah. I was in the middle of high school then. Like, that was the coolest thing. Scuff controller, Astro headset, you're a gamer. I get it. I get it, man. But like, I <sighs> yeah, that's that's so dumb. Yeah, it just did them dirty, man. So forget scuff. I hate them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I completely forgot that ever happened. That was yeah, that was the whole thing that eighty six the the Steam controller was really scuff in their lawsuit, and if mm. they continued producing the controller, they'd have to pay like obscene royalties and they're mm. already on like razor thin margins to make their controller. Like, I think it was only like 30 bucks. Mm-mm. And then when it went on sale and they just pushed them all out, they were like $5. They just wanted to get rid of all the inventory. Mm. And uh, yeah, man, uh, that's kind of the story behind why you can't get a steam controller anymore. Maybe they'll work out some kind of partnership or I know there were rumors a little while back, a uh, little while back about a steam controller too. I don't, don't know if they're mm-hmm. just rumors or, it was anything substantial to it? I would say just rumors, just because of the business and how that all went down yeah. with the lawsuit and them losing the lawsuit to Scuff. Mm-mm. So, I mean, that would be very, very... But uh, then again, the Steam Deck does have the back paddle, so maybe they find a way around it. I don't know. Yeah. But I would love to see a, a Steam controller too, that's for sure. <laughs> Speaking of, um, like, really tight margins, though, the Steam Deck is, like... This is, like, the, the way the Steam Deck is priced, like, it's a ridiculous price for what it is. I, I've been seeing a lot more people recently talking about using the Steam Deck as, like, their computer. Like, choosing mm-hmm. to buy a Steam Deck over buying a laptop. And yeah. one of the things that Valve really has over the other companies trying to get in this space, like, um, what... I'm sure you've seen some of the other handhelds out there. I'm blanking yeah, the names yeah, yeah. now. But all of them have these crazy price tags, like... in some cases. But Valve has the advantage that the console sellers have where they can sell this device at, like, at price or at a loss and 
make it up in other areas. I don't yeah. know. Like, this is one of the things I'm not really sure if there is going to be a strong market of competing devices just because of how difficult it is to compete against that Steam Deck pricing. I don't think you can just because of that. Like, they're selling it pretty much at at what they, they get it at, I would say. I, I think... mean, maybe they make a little bit of money, but it's not much. And it might even be sold at a loss. It might be a loss leader. And if anyone could do it, I think Epic could do it just because they do have that established market. They do, but I don't think they have the chops like yeah. Steam does. Like they went through the fires to make the Steam Deck possible with the Steam machines, mm. the Steam controller. They learned all those custom control schemes. Mm. Like just to tell you how good that is, it's more software than it is yeah. hardware. I think that's the big thing that most people get hung up on is mm -hmm. the hardware is not really that impressive. RDNA 2, nice, and the layout's pretty good, and the weight's decent. It's still a little heavy, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's good. The battery's a little bit on the low side, but that's all the criticism I have, and mm -hmm. I usually can really pick apart stuff. And I'd say for the Steam Deck, they just did a great job with getting you into that ecosystem, building out controller profiles yep. for your games, and then you're buying stuff. And there's games I play like Final Fantasy XI. Mm -hmm. I rigged all that up. I, I did like a full sync using uh sync thing. And mm -hmm. then it syncs all my devices up with Final Fantasy XI. And I pull it up. I like playing it on my Steam Deck the most because I have a custom Valve controller scheme yep. that has certain macros bound to those buttons and it's easier to play on my steam deck than it is my computer mm. that's kind of insane that i'm playing an mmo in a better environment than when i'm on my main machine here because i'm kicked up in my bed just laying back yep. and i'm like hell yeah i mean they just did such a great it's the software and then that store tie-in they just did a great job with mm -mm. it to where there's nobody that can really compete it's not about the hardware. It's about what Valve did around the software and the, the thought and love that went into the device. I think that's... No, that's actually a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. I, I was only just thinking about the hardware side, but no. Um, it would... I think Epic could do it. It's just they don't seem to have that care at all about Linux. Where Valve... Like, ever was it Windows? What, what, what version introduced the store? 8 or 10? 8. Yeah, I remember back then there were, I think Gabe Newell might have said something about it, where he was really worried about Windows sort of going down the route of Apple with uh, the iPhone and macOS. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you can, like with macOS, you can install things outside the store, but you sort of expected to do things through that. And that's the primary way that software is distributed. Yeah, and Gabe was really worried about the Microsoft Store and... Uh, you know, them taking over and then them locking down windows and forcing people through it. And I think they still are trying to attempt that mm -hmm. with Game Pass, which they've done a pretty good job lately of pulling people into the Microsoft store with Game Pass. And that works really well for those people that have an Xbox. Mm -hmm. And that this is mostly Americans, though. I mean, Xbox has terrible adoption around the world. But here in America, it's actually like a 40% adoption rate, which is pretty good for xbox uh what is it the xbox x the new, latest xbox whatever I think it is people just call it the ser the xbox series because there's the s yeah and the, the xbox x or something yeah the xbox series what yeah. the new xbox yeah yeah and uh <laughs> I they, they really have a really good tie-in with that like <laughs> i just loaded up one 
And I was like, oh, wow, this is a really good. They tie you in with a $1 a month charge. Mm -hmm. And then it changes to $15 a month. But you can play it on your computer and the Xbox. Mm -hmm. So everyone's going to sign up for that. And gamers, you know, traditionally a little bit lazy. And they're going to forget to cancel. So they're going to get charged $15 a month times that by 12. Bam, you just made an extra $200 or, well, $180 a month or a year off of everybody that that's in your console yep. and you're just offering, you know, decent games. I think atomic heart was on there and mm-hmm. some other ones were on game pass that are actually pretty good, but the values there for the gamer. So to where if they're a really hardcore gamer, they're probably going to have it. And if they're not, they're probably going to sign up and forget. And it, it's just, I, I see it in getting back to where Gabe was. He was really worried that they really execute with the, the Microsoft store. Yeah. And, you know, Luckily for us, you know, Microsoft's pretty incompetent <laughs> and that never really happened. Yeah. The Microsoft store has always been kind of a hot mess. And uh, no, I don't know if they can ever really fix that. Like I, I see mm-hmm. the inner workings of that Microsoft store when I'm gutting it for like a toolbox or whatever I'm going to be doing yep. when I'm stripping down a lot of these Windows systems. And I look at that uh, Microsoft store and it's man it, they always have a way of screwing things up like they'll go from these apex things that we get used to and how they install and uninstall and we can you know manipulate those with powershell mm-hmm. and then pretty soon they add like provisioned apex and it just gets into this huge debacle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they don't do a good job with executing and i don't think they ever will on the microsoft store i just don't think they're capable of putting together a cohesive store experience mm-hmm. where people are like okay yeah i'm just going to install that through the microsoft store your grandma's going to install solitaire through the microsoft store but uh, i don't really see gamers doing it other than to cash in on their game pass minecraft can i think i think <sighs> the the yeah. There's a version of Minecraft you have to get through this. I don't know. I don't use Windows. <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell you about all of it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do Minecraft. I have mm-hmm. I've had a Minecraft server for two years that I've administered and run. The last time I played Minecraft was, I so I, this is one of those things where I was the perfect age for it. Um, I played from the start of the beta until the end of the beta, which was like seven okay. years or something. Um, and I haven't touched the game since. It was a... Wow. The, the beta in Minecraft is... Like, the alpha was, like, five years. The beta was, like, five... Like, it was not an alpha and a beta. Like, just stop. It was it was a full release, and you were just patching the game. But, yeah, I haven't played since the release version, which I think release version was when the Ender Dragon was added. Um, okay. Oh, you're out of focus now. Oh, now, now we're back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. My, my cam getting getting dark in here here let me turn them on my my light sometimes that helps where's that there we go ah there let there be light maybe maybe it'll go back and focus yeah a little it's bit fine better now. yeah you're saying about minecraft oh yeah yeah but yeah i've been doing that minecraft.christitis.com and i've been running that for about a year and a half two years mm-hmm. and me and my daughter will play occasionally and load that up and i've set like different worlds that yep. pull into other things there's a lot of linux administration to the back end there that's really fun mm-hmm. so i actually enjoy a lot of the technical aspects of it where you'll you're you're loading up and uh setting cron jobs and i'll leave that server going and usually i can go for like three months six months 
without ever even really touching the back end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's just fun kind of messing with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was trying to think of a way to segue out of that. It didn't It didn't work too well. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll go back, to, go back to YouTube for a bit. So your yeah. channel... Okay, you've got a weird channel because you do Windows and Linux. I just deal with... I just deal with the Linux people. Yeah. How, what, what is your comment section like with that swapping back and forth? Have you sort of developed an audience that cares about both? Do you have the Linux people that come in like window bad? Like how, how does that usually go down for you? It, it's, it's weird. So I, initially I was all Linux all the time yeah. for a good year or two. And that's all I really covered. And I, I mean, I put in occasional windows videos and those would do really well. Mm. Like, they'd be bangers. Like I had one where it was just like how to remove a virus from your computer. And I showed how to use Tron script and it would strip out everything. And that one, I think is at like 2 million views or something ridiculous. And I, I occasionally sprinkled this in while I was doing Linux, but most Linux people don't remember that. Right. And then I had a toolbox I made and that just kind of took off mm -hmm. and people started using it. I got featured in a lot of big articles and then, that that came into so the audience kind of shifted on my channel mm -hmm. to where it was all linux and now it's mostly uh it professionals i'd say right. people that use both linux and windows is probably my primary audience they now. just don't really have like a they, they they use them but they don't really have like they don't a have a care about yeah they, right. it's not like oh i my personality is i use linux right so you'll run into that and uh, I would say you get the comment sections cleaned up a bit mm -hmm. because the Linux folks can be kind of diehards. Uh, I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, I'm very they can aware. be pretty passionate about things. Yeah, I, and I didn't mention. I, I talked about rolling releases recently. I didn't mention OpenSUSE Tumbleweed, and the OpenSUSE oh. Tumbleweed users got very annoyed with me. <laughs> yes, and, and I mean it's just a very passionate compute uh, community, yeah. and that's Linux. Windows users are not passionate. <laughs> they use windows they out not, of yeah. uh, out of like captured you know yeah. they're like i have to use it because yeah. i have this proprietary application and it only runs in it and it doesn't run in wine and i have to use windows yeah. so that's like my audience mm. and you get a good mix there mm. and, and the big thing is to instill feeling in a linux video is really easy Mm -hmm. so i talked about how important it is for people to feel stuff when they watch your videos and like uh, we, we talked about ubuntu bands whatever yeah on windows it's harder to instill that emotion in there and when mm -hmm. i do get it in there that video is just gonna i know immediately gonna get hundred thousand plus views and that was like the last video i made on the channel was i was fixing a computer mm -hmm. and it was a printer I couldn't install, uh -huh. which stupid, right? You can't install a printer. I mean, well, that's Linux problems usually, but this was a Windows, yeah. <laughs> Windows Home, uh, Windows 11 Home, and they removed a lot of the back end that I used to manually install printers, uh -huh. and they just never replaced it with anything on a Windows 11 Home. Now, on Windows 11 Pro, it still existed, but on Windows 11 Home, it didn't. And that just pissed me off to no end. So I, I rant and raved about that in that video, and it was pretty, uh, pretty raw. But it, it's those types of things that I like to try to do. But mm -hmm. getting to your original question about, you know, is that 
user base different it's more of just trying to speak to them mm. and, and instill something to where it's harder to mobilize i guess or really get people to care about the videos more yeah that i'm uh, touching on windows it's still possible mm-hmm. but it's much more difficult where in linux there's just new and exciting stuff happening all the time that a one percent niche people really care about and i love mm-hmm. but that's uh it's not going to speak to many people right and it's it's hard to go from that to windows where 80 percent of the entire compute base uses and then trying to show something that one they've never seen before or show something that's either exciting or more often than not you almost have to take a more negative approach where it's like Look what Microsoft screwed up this time. Yeah, you got to take the triple A uh, <laughs> gaming channel approach. Where it's like, gaming is right. dead, gaming is dying. This is why yes. microtransactions are destroying the industry. Yeah, I mean, you know, do like a Josh Strife Hayes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he, I think he totally burnt out on gaming. By the way, I love his videos, and then he's just stopped producing. I was like, dude, I get it though. Like he's so jaded now because he's he's seen gaming for what it's become. Yeah. And he's like, ah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of like where I'm at is now it's like, Hey, uh, trying to make things better for people. Mm. And uh, that's what I try to do with all my projects now is just yep, yep. make something unique that no one's ever seen before. And then make them just enjoy their computing experience. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, then make someone's life easier or just improve their computing life by introducing a tool or just teaching a new way of doing things. That's kind of what I live for. And that's what I try and and teach, whether it's live streaming, whether it's a YouTube video, all of that, man, I'm I'm just, that's where I try to focus my efforts. And Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's, it's hard to come across and and deliver that. And uh, sometimes I find when I was forcing myself to do the videos in a you know consistent way because if you're not consistent on youtube blah 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 you're gonna fail and all that there's truth to that but you gotta you still gotta do those banger videos that just that's i always try and remind myself that's what i try to do there's truth to that but then there's also internet historian oh yeah (laughs) One, God, one video would he disappear year, after maybe. the Concordia deal, the Concordia video, and then mm-hmm. he like is gone for a year. And I was like, maybe he just made his bag, and he's like living on an island somewhere. I don't. I mean, maybe possibly. That's what I hope. Yeah. No. <laughs> if, if, look, if he if he's absolutely loaded, that's great for him. Um, one thing I, I usually like to touch on with whenever a new person comes on is sort of how you get involved, like how you first got involved in tech, first got involved in computing, like. When did that first become a thing that you were interested in? And, you know, how how did that lead to you to where you are now? Yeah, uh, I've always been just a big computer nerd. Mm. So I remember being like eight years old and running into an 8086. They didn't have a hard drive. It was just two five and a quarter floppy bays. And I remember loading that up and, and booting into, I think it was DOS at the time. I think it was like DOS 1.0 or maybe 2.0. And I remember loading into that and then you could swap the floppy drives out. And I remember putting on like some of this terrible Star Trek game. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. 
I can't believe this. And then, of course, at school, then you got into Oregon Trail. You know, you have died of dysentery or you tried to ford the river and fail. And that was kind of like me getting out of grade school era. And then I kind of evolved from there. And my stepdad at the time, we were really big into computers and he he helped cultivate that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'd, we'd scrap together computers or get like, go to, I remember going to like the shady store and like behind something, like it was only open on Sundays and you had to pull up to the back and then you could go in and get like cheap hard drives. We'd get like a hard drive for like 20 bucks. I and think those that was stolen. like a big deal back then. It was probably stolen, but I mean, it was like, it was cool though. It's like this hodgepodge of computer stuff and it was just a neat era coming up in. And, and that's where I got my start. And I've never really been good so much with hardware. Uh, I've never been big into hardware, but it was always the software side of yep. things that always spoke to me. And I got into programming in the 90s. And I, I fell off once I got into sysadmin work and then just started doing businesses and uh, just more infrastructure base. Mm -hmm. So I did all that. And Linux kind of came about in the early to mid 2000s with uh, networking and mainly hacking Wi-Fi networks. At the time, uh, I was kind of poor and I needed to get free internet. So I <laughs> I, I put together something. I was using Nopix. Uh, it was like one of my first distributions. And I remember hacking into all these web keys because web was like super insecure <laughs> back then. So you could just go flam and, you know, if there was any traffic on a, a web encrypted network, I would just be in in like a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. So I could grab all those networks put them together and, and uh man that was fun so that was kind of like my first start to linux and then obviously my career kind of took off and um coming into like 2010s i started doing more uh building out telephony boxes i was using centos and some of those linux boxes and building those for uh you know uh, big companies you know even even government agencies here like mm -hmm. fema uh national guard uh, ATF, uh, all that stuff. A lot of their on-site, you know, if they have an operation somewhere and they wheel out uh, mobile communications mm -hmm. uh, tower, most of the telephony boxes were were built by me, and we did that. That was a lot of fun. So I, I learned a lot about Asterix and CentOS, and I, I had a good time in Linux, but I never really thought of it as a desktop environment. Yeah. I mean, sure, you installed like Ubuntu here and there, but uh, I never really treated as a actual alternative because I was a big gamer right right a big pc gamer and then keep going and it wasn't till about 2016 when i hit like the pinnacle in my career where i was like this sucks i really just want to retire this is awful i don't ever want to work for like a fortune 500 company again you don't like being a number well i was more than a number i was uh the director are you a director of numbers company. I was the director of numbers, but at the same time, I was responsible for revamping this entire data center. But the company at the time, it just pissed me off to no end. It was this environmental agency, SWS, and they, they merged with like Eagle and some other uh, other waste management company. You remember that big oil spill in the Gulf? Uh, uh, remember yes. uh, yeah. Deepwater Horizon? Uh, I think is what it was. It's ringing a bell. Um but they spilled like just tons of oil all over the place and it just ruined the ecosystem. And 2010? The uh, yeah, I think it was yeah, like okay, uh, yeah. just after the 2010s. I, I was say. Like, 12 years old. I was not paying attention to it. But yes, I do remember it happening. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. That big thing. Well, the company that I got hired by basically cleaned all that up and mm -hmm. made just a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, you know, I think in that year, they got close to clearing a billion dollars. And I thought, well, that company obviously has some money. They are obviously going to have regular infrastructure and be put correctly. And they probably have like a good DR system. It'll be fine. No, it was not fine. I got hired there. And it was a complete nightmare from day one. They were just a terrible employer when it came to like the top down experience. They had churned through all these IT managers. Right. And I got brought in from like a recruiter that found my skill set online and they paid me a ridiculous amount of money. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was getting compensated very well. But I walked into this and it was like day one there was an on on-prem exchange server that hosted all the email in the entire company, thousands of people working there. And it was seven days from running out of space. And I was like, are you kidding me? What are you guys doing for backup by the way? And they're like, well, we really don't back up the whole system per se. We have a copy of the active directory, but not really much else. And I was like, Oh my God. What did I walk into? So I did an entire on-prem exchange for thousands of users to O365 in a week. And that was just insane. And then I revamped their entire storage. And then everything crashed, of course. After yeah, after yeah. that, we had a storage array, a whole SAN device. It was like an HP left-hand SAN that just crashed. And then uh, I, I replaced that. We got it all back up. And in the middle of that, I was just like, F these people. I'm just going to revamp everything while I'm here. If they're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars per day that this is down, it's just going to be down for a couple days while I redo it. And I just, I didn't sleep for two weeks, basically. Well, I, I didn't sleep for three days, yep. but then I, I took breaks and actually slept. Mm -hmm. And it was like two weeks of living at a data center, redid their entire Citrix farm, redid all the stuff and got onto a more stable situation. And then afterwards I was like, Anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Anything's possible. And I never want to work for a big company again. And I'm going to quit. And I'm going to figure out how to do my own thing. I don't care what it was. So in 2018, I obviously I moved back to more small business stuff yeah. that was pretty easily to control. And <clears throat> I love small business because it's, you know, you can handle anything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I started crypto farming in 2018. And then come to 2020, uh, that that obviously had a boom and bust cycle pretty pretty yeah, rapidly. Bit, yeah. If you've been in crypto at all period of time, well, 2018 was a good year for me, or 2017 was a good year. 2018, most of the year was good until mm -hmm. like midway through, and then not so much. And uh, then I was like, I should start YouTube channel. All these kids on here are making stuff i mean there's this Linus guy and this other people i mean come on i can i can make tech videos mm -hmm. i know a lot um and then windows uh, server started videos yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna produce windows server videos that's gonna be bangers man cool. people are gonna love that yeah yeah uh and, uh it was just fun and, and that's where it brought me to youtube was, mm -hmm. was that whole thing but that's my whole tech experience from from when i started to now uh thanks for Thanks for coming to my TED talk. But 
don't work for a big company. Oh my God. Only heartache, but you do get paid. I will say it's a nice paycheck. I still haven't made what I made over there on YouTube. So. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, so a lot of people sort of misunderstand how much money you make on YouTube. Like obviously you can make a lot yeah. if you are, you know, embedding ads in everything you can, I've, you know, I'm sure your emails are full of people being like, Hey, yeah, come to this. You know, Raid Shadow CDKeys.com wants to pay you, blah, blah, blah. You probably get a ton of those too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, there oh have been God. a couple that I, I, I've been considering because I have gotten a couple where it's like, you know, companies I actually like. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I do um, have an affiliate with Linode. I like Linode. They do cool things. Yeah, Linode's um, good. But I've had like Brilliant come to me and places like that. And like, I was very much considering it because I do like Brilliant as well. But when it's like, hey, I am a key reseller website for video games we are hosted in china like uh are you now are you now uh, oh no yeah. yeah or the oh, uh man. the constant vpn ads you get it's like no no unless you're gonna let me be honest if if i can do the uh the tom scott vpn ad i'll do it i'm not gonna be like it lets it it encrypts all your traffic like do you mean it uses https like <laughs> It uses military-grade encryption. You mean AES? <laughs> I'm sure it does. Yes, if it didn't, that would be a problem. Oh, man. Yeah, I think about all that, man. Like, that's the thing I hate about YouTube. A lot of people, I guess the sponsors, I think you can make a good bit of money, mm -mm. especially in the mid-sized realm for a YouTube creator. Uh, I think you can make a living doing it. It's just... It's not like I have any, you know, I'm not like holier than now and yeah, yeah. won't do that type of stuff. It's just... For me, I just hate dealing with the sponsors. Like that's a fair. lot of them are just not fun to deal with, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing. Like I, I like to at least be truthful and kind of put my own spin on it. And they really just want a doctored up thing where you have to follow a script. And I've never been able to script a video. That's yeah. my thing. I can't read off a teleprompter. I Anytime I make a video, I usually have a bullet point or I'll yeah. write a little web article and then i usually have like three three paragraphs and i can't even copy that on my mm -hmm. video because i'll just be like okay i got the gist of it and then i just talk into the camera mm -hmm. so i'm just not i'm not geared for that work i think and that's kind of why i'm trying to pivot a little bit away from youtube being like my main my main thing because it's just i, I don't think i'll ever be the guy that's like and now on to our video segue sponsor and then this video is brought to you by FreshBooks or where, whoever, you know, you know, it's yep, like, yep, okay, yep. Well, I, I, I just, I can't do it. It's just not, uh, it, it just ain't in me. And it may, maybe, maybe one day that'll change. I'll try. Mm -hmm. I, I try every couple months and then, uh, my wife or you know, the guy at work, I always share all this with, mm -hmm. he, he always laughs at me because I'll, I'll tell him all about it too. And, uh, you know, he'll be like, dude, it's always the same thing with you. Every time you choose a sponsor, you just come and bitch to me about it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fair. Mm. Like, why do you why do you torture yourself? I'm like, well, maybe this time it'll be different. Maybe I'll I'll just maybe it's just like the 70th time I do this, it might be good this time. And then uh yeah, I don't know, it just never is. So I I I'm sure here in a couple months I'll I'll give it a whirl again mm. and find a sponsor that I I like in, in usually there's, there are good sponsors yeah, out absolutely. there and uh, it's just, it's sometimes it's very hard for me to put it in, but yes, as far as the money that YouTubers make, it's, uh, like it's hard at, for me. 
if you look at the social blade number where it's like from mm-hmm. you know two hundred dollars to twenty five hundred dollars like sure yep okay yeah, so you're just saying it's somewhere between zero and one million dollars i mean that's like a lot of this number sometimes they don't even make those uh those spreads properly mm-hmm. and, and most of the money is not even from google adsense it's sponsorships yeah. affiliate links and i think Patreon, membership be, things like that yeah i think a lot of the product review channels can make a really good chunk of change either they keep the products and resell them or they can uh get better sponsors because of that and the sponsors will pay them more and since they're talking about products they'll get uh rips from yeah. the products themselves so they'll sell uh you know whatever product it is and then they'll might get 10 20 percent yeah, rip yeah. from that commission mm-hmm. So there, there are YouTube channels that can make some serious bank. And uh, I think a lot of it is, you know, I think in our space, mm. who does it really well, I think is uh, like Learn Linux TV. I love how he monetizes his channel mm-hmm. because he doesn't make Jack off his ads. Like he's not he's not making anything there, but he's uh, you have. If you talked to Jay, have you had him on? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Yeah, Jay, Jay's awesome. I've talked to him a little bit. I need to reach out to him again. I'm just terrible and antisocial. But <laughs> yeah, but he's great. Learn Linux TV. And he does a lot of guides. So he actually writes up full-blown books and sells uh, them on Amazon. Yeah. And you can even see some of his early works. Jeff Geerling, which he's actually a, gotten to be a big creator now. He's, he's eclipsing me any day now if he hasn't already. And he writes a lot of Kubernetes and other stuff. Mm -hmm. And he does, I think, learnpub.com. Let me see. What what is that website? And he he makes guides off of a lot of sysadmin work, which, um, what is that? It is, yeah, learnpub.com. And he writes a lot of books. And so he'll workshop his book on there. And then once he gets it ready or he gets it all published, He'll take it and put it on Amazon. Mm. And I think that's really where it is. If you can actually write an entire book and if do you can actually almost write. like a full yes. co- college course, yeah, that's yeah. where these guys are, I think, really succeeding in the space. Where if you're just trying to grind out videos and and, and farm the YouTube ad revenue, it, it can be difficult to, to make a really good living off of that. And I think it's finding that in between. It's, it's just... For me, I'm trying to find stuff I really enjoy mm. doing and making and then doing more of that. Yep, yep. And that's that's hard. Like what what do you do? Like what 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 do you love the most about this? Well, this specifically, I like I just enjoy just chatting with, you know, interesting people. Like, you know, I, I've had people on who I would never talk to in any other situation besides doing the podcast. Like I've had um, Asahi Lena on the developer, one of the developers on uh, Asahi Linux. I've had you mm-hmm. on. I had DT on in the past. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a guy who his Twitch channel is nothing but installing Gen two on various devices. <laughs> I found his channel when he was installing Gen two on a PS two. It's a, like oh, a wow. thirty six part series, <laughs> and each of them are like eight plus out. It's a PS two. It takes forever to do anything. Uh, he's oh done Gen 2 on like a Raspberry Pi and Gen 2 on all these other random things. But as for like the main channel itself, I just so I've I've always had this this mindset where I like exploring tech. Um mm-hmm. 
Like, you know, when I was a kid, if you handed me a torch, the torch was going to be in pieces by the time you, you got it back from me. I want to know how the torch works. Um, and just, it's sort of an extension of that. I've now, I see these things that are happening. I want to just explore them. And I feel like for a lot of these things out there, like, especially Wayland, mm-hmm. no one's really talking about it. Or if they are talking about it, some of the information out there is outdated. Some of it isn't going as deeply as I would like it to. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just like to explore these topics and I've always had a, I've always been a fairly antisocial person and fairly bad at speaking. I feel like this is a, a way that I can sort of express myself and get my thoughts out there. And, mm-hmm. I've definitely become a much better speaker as I've been doing this stuff on YouTube. Um, There's certainly a lot of work there to be done, but it has absolutely helped in my general life as well. Just being able to string thoughts together in a remotely coherent fashion. And yeah, I I think that pretty much answers that. I mean, that 100%, man. I can relate 100% to that. Uh, you you take hell you can just take my early videos mm-hmm. and watch them yeah. and then pull up my more recent videos and be like damn what has changed i've never i haven't hired anybody i haven't done anything really that different mm-hmm. the fact is just learning as you go and becoming a better speaker and even in my real life when i go speak to people now people listen a lot mm-hmm. of times because i'm able to project better i don't use a whole bunch of filler sounds i had a tendency of being well, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do, uh, I'm sure I've done that. Oh my God. It's like one of those things where you just, you're constantly, uh, mindful of it and hearing yourself speak back yep. is very, uh, always something to learn yep, yep. because you can, you, you hear it. And I, that's the one thing I would say about YouTube. It's great. Like, even if you make a hundred videos after each video, you have to watch it back and edit it. And it's so cringe. And it's, you know, those first hundred times, maybe 200 times. I thought my me. early videos were great. And then six months <laughs> later happened. I was like, wow. Yes. That's not great. <laughs> yes. I mean, I go back to some of my early videos. I'm like, oh, it, it just gets worse as you get older. And you like look back when at I, them and you're like, oh, I had, um, gosh. I had, How many views uh, does this have? No, I got to leave it up. <laughs> I had Nick from the Linux experiment on a while back, and it's really uh-huh. bad for him because he was learning English as he was doing his channel. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I do remember a lot of his early early stuff, uh, but he's been killing it because uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I always watch. Uh, he I use, he pulls up in my feed from time to time, and I like pulling him up. But yeah, he he's he's great. He's great. He, he, it's impressive, man, that he could pick all that up mm-hmm. as a second language and then still speak. And honestly, I like his voice better than mine. <laughs> so I think everyone's going to say that though. Like, no, if you like your voice, I think you have a bit of a problem. Like it's one thing to be like, yeah. you know, a, it's one thing to hate your voice. Like that's a whole different thing. But if you, mm-hmm. if you sit there and be like, yes, my voice sounds great. I love my voice. Like what, what are we doing here? True. I mean, if I could change anything about my voice, I would say I'd like to be British. <laughs> mm. I feel like if you're British, you immediately get a little more authority and people listen a little more. Yeah, that's and fair. 
or if I had to like change my nationality, I'd be Canadian because every single successful YouTuber is like Canadian. And I'm thinking there's like a correlation there. Maybe it's like their nationalized healthcare with like not getting a lot of sun or something. And that huh. therefore they breed more YouTubers is I'd like, Inevitably, a lot of the top YouTubers I follow are Canadian. I look at I, it like you got Peter McKinnon, Linus Tech Tips, actually uh, there. Chris Ramsey. I mean, there's a lot of them out yeah, there. Yeah, no, like, there actually there's is a, a lot, lot of Canadians. But I've never met a Canadian. You know, I just used it as like, oh, man. Uh, you know, if you ever waited tables, you know, you see someone that might not tip. You, you always call them a Canadian. <laughs> you know? we you don't know? have tipping here i tipping culture is so weird we pay yeah people. tipping culture is weird <laughs> over here yeah we <laughs> we pay the people two dollars an hour and then they gotta be do their job real good and mm -hmm. then they get tipped for the rest of the payment and somehow we're okay with that but that's uh, probably a conversation yeah, for the, tipping maybe. didn't even remotely exist here until uber came along like australian <laughs> like we we pay the people at a restaurant like you know 25 something plus an hour they make the money and then uber comes along and it's just like tipping tip what is tipping what does that mean <laughs> but to be awesome. fair uber that's drivers it. make nothing from from the actual rides like you should oh. be tipping them. It like as long as oh, they don't I kill, like bad. as long as the driver doesn't kill me, I I get at least give him like five dollars. Okay, okay. So I mean, you guys do tip the Uber drivers. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say those poor Uber drivers. Oh no, there's a lot of Australians that don't. Drivers. They're just like actively against tipping, no matter what it is. Okay, well, I get it. No, it's like there are there are some restaurants that try to introduce tipping, and people are like no, no. <laughs> Because we know that, because there is there are minimum wage laws, and we know how they how much these people are making. Stop it! Stop. Uh huh. It's not gonna happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I would rather just everybody makes a good fair wage. Mm -hmm. I'd be okay <clears throat> with that. That would be nice. Oh man. Unless you know you live in uh, Silicon Valley, and then even making a fair wage, you're gonna be homeless because you need to make like 120 yeah. grand a year. Yeah, well, here in Texas, like I live in Dallas Fort Worth. Now I kind of traveled around, so some people like triangulated my accent as like South Carolina or something. I think someone said, I'm like, Oh my God, no, that's way off. Uh, but I actually grew up in the Midwest <clears throat> yeah. and then transitioned down here to Texas uh, about 20 years ago. And down, down here, the job market's just phenomenal. I've never had any issue with a lot of the, the tech jobs mm -hmm. and stuff. I, I always wanted a tech job in the Midwest could never find one moved down here, found one like day one. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is insane. Y'all's job market is crazy. And then I slowly uh, uh, transitioned and, you know, man, there's just so much opportunity mm -hmm. around Dallas-Fort Worth because so many businesses moved here that you can just, I, I've never had an issue. So I, I was really, really uh, kind of wild. But yeah, California. Whew. Well, that's yeah, what's happening in, uh, in my state. So uh, Melbourne and... Uh and sydney are sort of like they're sort of the australian equivalents of silicon valley like that's where all the tech mm -hmm. like where the google australian headquarters was microsoft all of that stuff but the smaller companies are starting to realize like they did with uh with austin that things are very expensive over there so let's start going away from there and come to my state the problem is that means everything in my state is going through the roof uh, which, from my understanding, yep. what's happening in Texas as well. 
<laughs> it is. Yeah. Everything here is like doubled in price. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's wild. And uh, a lot of our, yeah, everything has just gone up. It's, it's been kind of wild because we've, we've had a lot of the people coming from California. Mm-hmm. We've also had some New York uh, transplants. I think, uh, uh, one of the YouTubers, Rosman, yeah, Lewis, Lewis, Rosman, Lewis yeah. Rosman, he moved down to Austin, I believe, from New York. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it, it's it's pretty wild. But, I mean, it's it's a pretty good culture. I, I like it around mm-hmm. here. And it's still affordable uh, for, for the most part for for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, at the end of the day, I, I probably would just do like a like move out to the country and just if Starlink's not a gajillion dollars by then just get a really good internet connection and just live on a farm. I'd be okay with that too. There are some places I've considered moving to, uh, that I can get fiber in like the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Cause we okay, have, I'm moving uh, to Australia then. <laughs> yeah. Australia used to have, okay. I'll, I, I do want to end this soon, but I do want to talk. I just mentioned this as well. So a few, uh, maybe like 10 years back, something like that, we had a, a government plan come in called the National Broadband Network, the NBN. The original plan, because Australia was so far behind in internet, the original plan was run fiber to every single property. Um, we wanted to be like, you know, up there with Korea having crazy internet. Now, mm-hmm. the problem is the same problem that the US has, where you have elections and sometimes the party changes. Uh, the new party came in and they were like, no, that's expensive. Let's not do that. So what they ended up doing is some places have fiber to the home with the ones are already done. Um, everywhere else has fiber to the node. So they run fiber to the thing and then they run copper from the, the nodes oh. out to the houses. The existing copper, so the 100-year-old copper that was there. Um, oh. Could the homeowner at least pay for the connect if they I, want Yeah, it? if you wanted to... So here's the thing. They're, they are now, now they've swapped back to the other one, they're now okay. doing the original fiber plan. So they're spending <laughs> like twice as much by just doing in the, like rather than just going with the original plan, spending so much more to do fiber properly. Ah, that's just governments. That's governments everywhere. Nobody has a good government that's like, hey, ours, ours is the best. I mean, I'm sure there's some Americans mm. that might say that, but uh, probably not. <laughs> But you know, I think of... every government has that in dysfunction. Yep, yep. I think that's what makes a good government, though. Like, if you think about it, to mm-hmm. really get everything done and having one party in control mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Sounds like sounds... dictatorship and something really bad might happen if that actually happens. So it's probably best that you have the nah, back it's just, and forth. The good guy's going to run it. Only the good guy. Yeah, only the good guy's going to run it. <laughs> My good guy's gonna run. Exactly, it. exactly. Um, yeah, well, that's uh, we're past the two-hour mark. Then I guess we should probably uh, be ending it off. Um, let the that people know good. where they can find you. Uh, ChrisTitus.com is probably the best spot, and then all my links are there. Whether it's GitHub, you want to watch some of the projects I'm doing on GitHub, to watch me on live stream on Twitch, got that. Obviously, my YouTube channels. Uh, I have a clips channel, a regular Chris Titus tech channel. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I, where I go and kind of hang out, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be making content everywhere. It's just, sometimes it's a little sporadic. I do have to wake up in like seven hours and go run 36 
drops at a new commercial building tomorrow morning. So that should be fun. So I still do my day job <laughs> yep, yep. on top of all this, but that's, uh, it's fun, man. It's mm. fun. I, I really appreciate this, Brody. This is awesome. I, I love, uh, doing the podcast, man. Absolutely. Just I, on look, just... I'm more than happy to have you back on like whenever, like, this is great. Hell yeah. Hell you can yeah, actually man. hold a conversation, great. which is a problem that I found. And the YouTubers generally good at it, but when it, the non YouTubers, that's when it yes. comes an issue. Yeah, uh, YouTubers, I think, are where we have to be able to hold a conversation and just kind of get some stuff. Uh, But yeah, man, next time I'll I'll pull up some topics for us, man. And we'll, we'll, hell, I just love shooting the shit with you. It's great. Yeah, awesome. Um, As for me, the main channel, Brody Robson, do videos there six times a week. The gaming channel, Brody on Games, uh, right now streaming, probably doing God of War 2, actually, and Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I don't know when we'll finish at some point. After we're done God of War 2, maybe pick up Persona, Yakuza, I don't know, we'll work it out later. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, the video version is available on YouTube at Tech... <coughs> at Tech... Tech Over T. Te- thank you, Tech <laughs> Over T. And if you are watching the video, you can find the audio version anywhere. You can find podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts. There's an RSS feed. Grab it, stick in your favorite application, and you're good to go uh give the people a final word how do you want to end it don't be afraid to fail that's That's what i always say i always tell my kids don't be afraid to fail because you will never succeed if you don't fail that's a good message to end on well i'm out